Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Kat Cloud, UK policy lead at Plaid. Plaid is on a mission to unlock financial freedom for everyone. Plaid is used by thousands of digital financial apps and services like Bessemer, Expensify, Microsoft, Venmo and many of the largest banks to make it easy for consumers to connect their financial accounts with apps and services they want to use. Kat was awarded a spot on the Women in Fintech Powerless 2020. She is an experienced policy lead with a demonstrated history of working in payments, fintech and innovation. She's skilled in policy, innovation development, international relations, market research and customer driven innovation. So she's a hugely strong professional with an honours and Bachelor of Arts degree focused on international business management from the University of Lincoln. And she is here today to share her story, her lessons and learns along the way. It's brilliant to have you on an episode of the Women of Fintech. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to this discussion. Brilliant. So it would be really good if we could open things up, if you could tell us a bit more about your role at Plaid and what it actually entails. Yeah, of course. I'm the UK policy lead at Plaid. What that means is that I focus on developing and setting our policy strategies within the UK. So that is a lot of times responding to consultations from the regulators, consultations from the government, and putting out Plaid's view on a certain policy or a certain direction of travel. It's also engaging a lot with industry, so other payment providers or banks or any other fintechs um, to, again, drive policy changes and lobby to make sure that we're making sure the payment ecosystem is the best for, obviously, Plaid, but also best for the consumers who are our real focus as a company. It's also looking at things like identifying different outcomes and understanding how that will impact Plaid as a company. So from a product perspective, how is a certain direction of travel for a piece of regulation going to affect products that we can and cannot provide? So looking at that, but also partnering with some of our clients, again, get out kind of our views on things and making sure that we're pushing for the best possible payments ecosystem for both our clients, but also for the end consumer that is the people like you and I who are using these apps every single day is making sure that it's the best for them. Yeah, and it's hugely um, thought-provoking, you know, this focus on the consumer, because a lot of people say they focus on the consumer, but Plaid really is doing that. So tell us a bit more about what drew you to Plaid and more about this mission. Yeah, take the first part of that question. The main thing that 
drew me to Plaid was actually our mission, just the fact that we want to unlock financial freedom for everyone. And I think that everyone is the key part of that. And that, yes, you can say, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna unlock financial freedom, but there's such a range of consumers. So you'll have really financially savvy consumers, the ones who have 12 different bank accounts who are using 50 different FinTech apps are know exactly what's going on. And then you'll have the consumers who have two bank accounts that they've had their entire lives are very new to the idea of fintech. So you need to cater for both ends of the spectrum. And I think Plaid really does that. And that's why I was kind of drawn to it as a company in that we're not just looking to help the people who are aware of the here and now, we're looking to actually help all of those consumers. So looking to find and partner with the best types of fintechs out there to encourage anyone who's interested, anyone who has access or anyone who wants to actually really make good financial decisions, making sure that they have the support through Plaid, through our customers, through our partners, that they can actually do that and they can get the best of their finances by understanding exactly what it is and understanding, okay, I need to save money this way if I want to do it for a house or I need to save money this way if I want to do it for my pension. So really understanding kind of what do I need to do to make the best of my financial situation. A good example that has really kind of shown how valuable our mission is, is just we've joined forces in the UK recently with a company called Curve to help give people a holistic view of their money. So that's really making the most of their spending and improving their overall financial well-being. But that actually means like making sure that as a consumer, I can go to an app on my phone or on my laptop, on my computer, and really kind of get this view that I have this much money in all these different accounts. If I have a certain goal that I'm aiming for, I have a clearer view of actually how can I get to that goal? How much money do I need to move around? Am, am I okay spending 50 pounds a month buying coffee every morning or should I invest in a coffee machine? Making decisions like that and the curve and our partnership with Curve really helps to do that because it consolidates your entire physical wallets, like your debit, your credit cards, your loyalty cards, into a single card and app. So that way customers only need to carry around that one card. They only need to go to that one app so they can see actually how much money they have in all their different accounts, how many loyalty points they have, if they can finally get that free coffee in the morning, really understanding that to kind of make it a one-stop shop so they can make these good decisions. But it's also kind of expanding that out and just understanding that like we focus on giving developers the tools to build the best in class products and services so again bringing it back down to the heart of it that making sure that we are here and that we're seen as a company that partners with all these different fintechs if you have a good idea that you want that will help consumers make better decisions we want to help with you we want to work with you we want to build that and we want to make that reality because at the end of the day everyone who works at plaid is also an end consumer we all are sitting there and we're like, okay, I wish I, I wish I could do this. Or do we have a product that, or could we develop a product that can help me do this? Like, and that's actually a, a huge thing is that, and one thing that we're always kind of asking ourselves is that at the end of the day, what do you want to make your financial life better? The thinking and that approach to those types of questions is a key reason why I really wanted to join Plaid because it was a different type of mentality. It was a new experience for me like actually i made the jump from the financial regulator to a fintech which in itself was a very interesting journey but in making that journey and making that decision and making that step it was really looking at okay what type of company do i actually want to work for plaid really kind of aligned with that with just its mission of really helping everyone 
And that just leads me perfectly onto what I wanted to ask you next. And that's a bit more about your personal career journey to get you into being able to do a role that, that you're doing so successfully now. So it would be great just to hear a bit more about that, that career history of yours. Yeah, of course. Um, so I actually started um, after graduating from university. I joined the Financial Conduct Authority's graduate scheme. I'll be the first person to admit I did not grow up wanting to be a financial regulator. I just kind of fell into it. But I'm actually, I'm very happy with that move. It was a perfect fit for me. And it's really giving me the exposure and experience at an early stage in my career to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. I was at the Financial Conduct Authority for three and a half years. And during my time there, I spent a lot of it focusing on payments and open banking, which is definitely the main reason why I'm in my current role. I found my time there was very interesting and it kind of pushed me and it allowed me to figure out that I absolutely love payments and I absolutely love policy making. So I was very fortunate that I was able to find those two things that I really enjoyed doing. And the SA is a perfect place to build those skills as well. And that has really kind of translated into my role at Plaid and that because I love payments, because I love policymaking, there is a perfect role for me. And I get to do something that I love every day, but I get to do it kind of from the other side of the coin now. It's like, obviously being at the regulator, you're sitting there, you're writing the rules, which in itself is a really good experience and a very good skill to develop, but you don't necessarily have the real life understanding of how these businesses actually operate on a day-to-day basis. That is where Plaid has really helped me and kind of built out that skill that I didn't have before and made me a very, I would argue, a very good policymaker and that I can see the side from the regulator's perspective, but I can also see the side from the industry perspective and understand, okay, this is how we need to implement a certain policy or this is how we should approach implementing a certain policy. So it's been a short career history. It's mostly just been the SCA and now Plaid, but it's definitely been one that's focused on like developing skills around payments and building a deeper understanding of payments and also building out the policy making skill as well. And it's so wonderful to hear you describe your current role as a perfect role for yourself because you know me in, in the business of recruitment you know finding people jobs you know we, we talk about ideal roles what people are dearly looking to learn in their next position and for you to describe what you're doing is perfect for you it's just really inspiring and great stories to hear. What would you say is your biggest career lesson to date? I think it's definitely something that I know probably a lot of people listening to this podcast have probably been through themselves is just overcoming imposter syndrome. So I, I definitely had it. I had it both for in like my first role at the FCA where it's just, okay, I'm freshly out of university. What am I doing here? I've had it in different roles I've had throughout my time at the FCA. And most recently I had it when I first made the move from being the financial regulator to actually now working in industry. And it can be a very weird feeling. It can be quite challenging to overcome. And the way I actually manifested it was just, I was nervous to talk or I was nervous to speak up during meetings if I didn't necessarily fully agree with something because I was like, oh, you probably don't know. You're being too much of a regulator cat. So it was really almost kind of being scared to, I don't wanna wanna be seen as a regulator. I don't wanna say no to things but that doesn't 100% sound correct. And it took me probably about six months until I like fully got comfortable in the role, fully got comfortable kind of making that transition from being the regulator to working industry that I was then able to overcome it and not be so nervous to speak up and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to say this comment. It's going to come out like I'm still a regulator, but 
it's because we need to interpret it this way, or it's because we need to do this to make sure that we are staying compliant and that we're not breaking the rules, which we don't want to do. So it was, it's still, I think it's definitely something that I'm still overcoming and working on. I think it always will be, but just my biggest lesson is that it's not actually worth it to stay quiet. That those initial six months where I was too nervous to speak up because I was worried about people thinking I was too much of a regulator, it didn't help myself and it didn't help the company either. And I know it's easier said than done to just speak up, but my biggest lesson that I've learned is I'm going to hold my hands up. This might come out as super letter to the law, but sometimes you do need that in the room because at the end of the day, we don't want to break the rules. It's not good for the company if we do. So just say your interpretation of it and just be like, okay, let's discuss it as a group and then we can discuss next step. But I think it also would have helped me if I'd done that earlier on, because it could have helped me with my, like my getting comfortable with changing of my thinking and not necessarily always being okay. Letter of the law, really kind of pushing it into more of that policy area where you have to think about things outside of the box and not necessarily. So you need to understand this is what it says in the law, but this is what it doesn't say. So where is that happy medium between the two where we're pushing the boundary a little bit, but we're not actually breaking the rules. So yeah, my biggest lesson is just imposter syndrome is a real thing. It happens to a lot of people, but never be afraid to speak up, even if you think what you're saying is wrong, or even if you think what you're saying is a stupid question, or people might interpret it in the wrong way. Don't be afraid to speak up. That's such a brilliant bit of advice and means so much. Like I, I'm a fellow imposter syndrome sufferer, and I know exactly what you mean about that sort of taking a breath and, and saying, right, well, actually, I, I can add some value to this. I'm going to put myself out there to to contribute and I think that's just such a, a brilliant way you've explained that and shared with us and thank you so much for it it kind of takes me on to my next question because there's, there's a lot of things that we talk about on this series around inclusion diversity equity ensuring that we are building better workplaces for one another now you were awarded by Innovate Finance Women in Fintech powerless so you are a powerlessy and I wanted you just to share with the audience some of the work that you do that was recognized by Innovate Finance because it's such a high regarded award to win yeah, definitely. I'm a massive fan of the Women in Fintech Powerless. I think it's a very, very good initiative by Innovate Finance and something that it's good to see people getting the recognition that they deserve. And I think for myself, I was beyond excited to be awarded a list on the Powerless. It's nice to see the, the recognition, but most of the stuff, like the work that I think was really highlighted and probably what made me receive the award was just the general engagement within industry. So a big portion of my role is attending working groups, attending roundtables or speaking at events or doing podcasts like this and just getting the point, so not just Plaid's perspective, but also just having those conversations and saying, okay, this is what the spirit of open banking or this is what the spirit of the law is and communicating that in a inclusive and very like, engaging way and just making sure, because you, you could sit there and you could say, okay, this is exactly what the rules say. This is what we need to do. But it's more about understanding it because there's not just plaid in the market. There's other fintechs, there's the banks, there's the regulator, there's the government. And so making sure that all those different perspectives are in an environment where they can actually talk and where they can discuss and they're included in any decisions or anything that we think about as we look to the future or the next steps of payments or open banking and open finance, that there's an area where people can actually work together. And also that does help in that 
it does also make sure that Pod is represented in a very good way and that we're seen as a thought leader, but also a collaborative thought leader. So we're not just going out there saying our bit, we're open to discussions. We want to work with other people. We want to work with banks. We want to work with other fintechs because we do actually, at the end of the day, want to make this the best ecosystem possible so that consumers actually enjoy using their finances and making payments. So I think that was definitely one thing that was really pointed out in the award. I think another was just the relationship within the organization and that I came in obviously fresh off the boat from the regulator, but it was still like, I really thought it was a good thing that one of the main deliverables I had when I first joined was just sharing my knowledge. So building out guidelines or information for other members of the team to make it as easy as possible for them to kind of answer any questions they had, but also just break down and say, okay, yeah, these are the regulations. This is what they say, but what does it actually mean in practice? Like, what does it mean to an everyday consumer? So really breaking down those barriers and sharing that knowledge and say, okay, yep, I can read you the definition, but in practice, it actually means this, or it means this. So kind of really pushing and focusing on that information sharing. And I know I've just said the word numerous times, but also being that very collaborative person saying, I want to work with the sales team. I want to work with the product team. I want you guys to come to me, ask me questions and know that yes, this is a good place to go if you have those questions that you don't necessarily want to go to the legal team for because you want more of an everyday answer. So I think definitely like that collaborative approach um, was really helpful. And then finally, I think also just thought leadership as well. So we've been very fortunate and we've been able to actually work with some of our partners. So like a good example is we did a report with Pension B back in October of last year where we we're looking at how open finance can power open pensions. And like that is a great example of two different companies who aren't necessarily operating within the same sectors, but can see the value in partnering and see the value in working together and pushing for a better future for everyone within the UK. We've done open banking. What's next? We need to start thinking about what's next. So I think really having kind of those partnerships and those thought leaderships where we're not just staying in our bubble. We're, we're pushing that bubble. We're looking to things that are not necessarily 100% when you think of pod, you don't think of pensions, but there's an area for us in there that like, we're, not, we're never gonna be a pension provider, don't get me wrong, but like we can see value in moving and pushing the boundaries of the different sectors that there could be a spot for pod to help with data sharing or a spot for pod to help with payments or pay or help with you name it type of products that there is not just this one little bubble we need to keep pushing we need to keep thinking we need to keep innovating so I think those are probably the three key things that i think the po other power list awarded um, individuals also kind of showed but it's really good about like getting the messages out there and really being seen as I, yes, I'm the voice of Plaid, but I'm also the voice of the wider ecosystem more broadly. And that just sounds so brilliant. Like when I, when I listen to everything that you're saying, you know, you're talking about, you're using words that I love. And I know you said, oh, I use this word a lot, but collaboration, like that's just so key and so important to me as an individual. You're talking about listening and really listening to consumers and identifying that we're all consumers and therefore let's, you know, let's debate, let's, let's talk about this um, in more detail. You're saying, you know, you, you, you push the boundaries. These are all really exciting things to hear. So it, it does make me want to ask my, my last and final question. And I always ask people this because I think it's so important in this podcast series that we leave the listeners with something that they can go and implement. And what I wanted to ask is what would be your call to action with regards to what more we should all be doing 
for workplace inclusion? Yeah, definitely. I think there's always room for improvement when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And I think it's definitely a focus of Plaid and one that we hold quite near and dear to ourselves. One of the things that we have been focusing on, especially over the last year, because everyone, I think we all know it's been a very challenging last couple of months, nothing that any of us have ever gone through before. So really focusing on how we can create the most inclusive environment. And one thing that we've always done as a company is we have um, these events called Platter Days. It's an internal hackathon um, where we create prizes for our um, like winners of different teams. Um, and they've kind of focused, one of them specifically focuses on financial inclusion. And one of the projects that was born out of that is called Finrise. It's only in the US at the moment, um, but we're definitely looking to expand it to all geos in the world. What exactly is Finrise? It was a pod program in partnership with early stage founded startups in which we kind of utilize our influence, um, our expertise and internal resources to help break down barriers and provide like tailored specific support to these different types of companies. So I guess a good way to describe it would probably almost be like a incubator program for empower like early stage entrepreneurs that and like we're specifically looking and working with entrepreneurs that are black, indigenous or people of color. So we're really trying to help again, really break down those barriers and we know it's, it, can t- it tends to be more challenging for minority groups to have the same air access to different types of advice and financial services that other individuals have easier access to. So we're really looking to kind of break that down and make it as inclusive and as powerful as possible. But that was obviously born out of a Platter Days project, but it's also kind of helped us think about and kind of push the focus back onto ourselves as a company. And that we need to look at, okay, what are what are we actually doing when it comes to diversity and inclusion? And could we be better? And I think one of the, again, like one of the things that I really have been impressed by since I've been at Plaid, we did that. We asked ourselves those questions. We reviewed the company and we then held our hands up and said, we need to do better. This isn't good enough. So we've actually been kind of reviewing our internal diversity and inclusion targets and we're openly and regularly discussing them. And we're like discussing them, not just at the senior level, but discussing them at our company-wide meetings that we have every two weeks saying, okay, these are the different goals that we've set for ourselves. This is the progress to date on these different goals. And we're even open enough and we're telling each other, okay, we're not going to meet this goal this quarter because of X, Y, Z reasons, but we're going to make sure that next quarter we are meeting it and we're definitely meeting it. We're actually being really good and we're holding our hands up and saying that we need to do more. And this is how we're going to do it. So I think that would definitely probably be my call to action is just for companies to look at it internally, but definitely hold your hands up and review yourself and ask yourself those difficult questions. Like, are we doing enough? If no, what else should we be doing to be better? And what a wonderful way to um, end this podcast, because I think that everyone should begin with that, with asking themselves that question and then listening back to all the advice that you've given, all the actions, all the tangible things that people can put into practice within their business and within their teams. It's been so brilliant learning about you, your history, your, your career, your lessons and everything that you're doing at Plaid and what Plaid is doing as a, you know, as a mission across the fintech space. So thank you so much for sharing your story on the Women of Fintech podcast series. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thank you.